Guys, I want to get loud all of a sudden. I, I'm Do it. Sorry, I'm loud. I'm, I'm, I'm going to eat. I knew it was coming. I'm sorry, guys. Can't hold I them need back. to do that. It is. It is. You feel like Poseidon chucking that bugger down. <laughs> <laughs> chucking that bugger. Did Boy. you butt out that deer? I did not butt out that deer, but the next one I get, okay, I'm just getting his butt out. Is that little Stevie out here? Drobop. Bow drop, I'm sorry. Bop. Hello. Stay tuned. I'll be back after my seizure. <laughs> Every little chipmunk that was running around, everything's dead quiet, and I went... <laughs> like, that just happened. Just happened. I saw what is, in essence, a nature-gasm. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us around the Sonic Campfire tonight with the Rutten River Pursuits podcast. I'm Steve. I'm Will. I'm Ryan. I'm Catfish. This is Dave. And tonight we have the host and co-host uh-huh. of Say it. Pocono Outdoors Guy. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Hey guys, George here. Hey George. What's up, Josh here? Josh. And Rut Rut and River Pursuits. You believe this, Josh? I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, I'm we're a fan excited. of the show. Absolutely. Awesome. How are you guys? We're doing great. How about you guys? Loving every minute of it. Never better. Yeah. Never better. Yeah. Every yeah. minute of it. Got the winter blues here. Our ice is melting faster than we can get out fishing, and spring's a little too far away to throw whopper poppers. So right. We're in, yeah. we're in that little gap where you we're guys all have, jonesing. Yeah, you guys still have ice up there? Yeah. Um, actually, a lot of our ice, ice is holding up really well. Uh, a lot of the it in, elevation Josh. lakes are nine-plus inches still. So, uh, so I, I guess, uh, yeah, I get, uh, do we have to go and say, these guys are from the Poconos? No. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to. I guess not. It's a little self-explanatory. It's a little piece of heaven of Pennsylvania that stays cold. Yeah. Yeah, some, yeah. something like that. They have other words for it, too, but that's okay. <laughs> People are water skiing all over Pennsylvania, and they still have ice. Yeah, <laughs> ice and bears. I got to tell you, I I I want to do this show, but I want the catfish voice. It if helps. you're gonna do an outdoor show, you got to go out and have that catfish voice. It's perfect. It is perfect. I love it. It takes me three shots of wild turkey <laughs> and half a pack of cigarettes on the way here. <laughs> so you didn't clue us in on that one. Yeah. No, it's no, it's been a. I earned it with some injuries and some rough life, but. Okay. Um, you know, it's crazy because when I wake up in the morning, I sound raspier than this. And late at night when I come here, I sound pretty raspy. But when I x-ray little old ladies midday when I'm awake and all caffeined up, it does go down a tone. Does it? Yeah. yeah. Well, it goes, Hold your breath. It, it goes yeah. down and, and up an octave. And, and up an octave. Nobody wants to hear, hey, Mrs. Smith, take your gown off. <laughs> I'm about ready to do some. Especially Mrs. Smith. <laughs> Hold still. <laughs> All right. So, so Pocono Outdoors guy. Yeah. YouTube channel, right? You guys, a lot, yes, of, lot of awesome footage hunting and fishing. Before we get into uh, before we get into YouTube, tell us a little bit about each of you. I don't care who goes first. Surprise us. I want George to go first. Okay, um, George, you first. Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. <laughs> yeah, well, I've been fishing my whole life. It's something I always grew up with. Um, I grew up in Philadelphia. All right, George, um, your time's probably... up. Uh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> come on. That was boring, right? <laughs> Give him a little bit longer. I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead, George. Nah, no problem. 
I grew up in Philadelphia, so you know we started fishing when I was young in the Delaware River and stuff like that. We would hit the Poconos on family vacations when I was real young. So oh, cool. Got a, got a taste of the lakes and the little pickerels and the bluegills and stuff. And as uh, as you get older, you go for bigger game. Uh, now my biggest passion is probably the big fish, the striper, the salmon, uh, steelhead, lake trout, anything big. But um, we'll go after anything that swims pretty much. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. What, what's your story, Josh? Uh, yeah. Um, I was actually, I was born in the uh, the UK. I lived there till I was about seven. No uh, way. You know, yeah. Glasgow Jr. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so then I moved to the Poconos from there with the family. Um, that's where I got my first taste of fishing. Uh, very much so casual, you know, worms under a bobber for whatever bites. Sure. Um, from that, there, oh, I that Willie style. Strike indicator. <laughs> Strike indicator. <laughs> And from there, I moved to Canada, and that's sort of where I learned that fishing could be a little more than a hobby. I mean, obviously, people up there take it a lot more seriously. I uh, lived there for a while, kind of picked up on that culture, and um, ultimately moved back here, and I'm applying what I learned there to here. Nice. So we, we were talking earlier about... Drop uh, shots on a stickleback. Yes. I, that's well, not... After the, that. Yeah, no, after we that. Yeah. Uh, we, we were talking earlier about some <laughs> carp videos, carp fishing videos that you had made, Josh, and it, it, that's not typically something a lot of people fish for in Target in Pennsylvania. Right. At least, you know. Especially don't record it. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but you're, I mean, you're catching some monster carpet. That, that's very popular in Europe, right? Oh, uh, it's, it's, it's the bass fishing of Europe, really. Yeah. Um, it's, it's their game fish. Wow. So is that kind of what attracts you to that? Or is it just you just want to catch big carp? Um, to be honest with you, I'm kind of a sizist. I don't really care what it is as long as it pulls hard and I can sh- push it out real far towards the camera and make it look like it's a hundred pounds. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, yeah. I, like, um, I like Josh. He's got the same exact mentality as me. <laughs> <laughs> if it can bite yeah, you and you, you know, can make it look it big. Hard, I'm all for it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell, you how we, I'll tell you how we started filming that. Um, if, if you go back, um, probably about 2016 early, we had that big drought here in Pennsylvania yeah. and they were letting the lakes down. So they let the lakes down about 20, almost 25 feet. Well, the docks were sitting on dry land. I couldn't even get my boat in the water. So I'm, I'm filming. They're all depressed. I can't get out and strike the fish. And that uh, Josh calls me up and says, how about we try for, you know, something big from the, the shoreline. So he got me into uh, carp fishing and that's how we kind of started following that. There's a lot of people that have misconceptions. If you've never carp fished, I never have. If you've never carp fished, like I used to carp fish at Racetown whenever yeah. we were in high school because it was just an easy place to go up to that. It's a and and throw lines out and yeah. and you know put the rods out and you don't have to touch them. You don't have to do anything and just wait. And now they have electronic, you know, where you put the rods down, electronic beepers, yeah. the smallest strike and things like that. But if you've never actually carp fished. You're kind of missing out. It's not bad. Like it's, they are an extremely hard fighting fish. Yeah. The only, the only carp that I ever targeted and caught, I put three pieces of corn on a bear hook, but I had it on the What's end a of a bear hook. It's it's, you use it for bear fishing. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I, I caught, uh, I caught this carp on a fly rod. Wow. I was wow. actually, I was actually fly fishing up in Racetown. Yeah. Just, you know, pulling bluegills you were, and stuff. You were bait fishing with a fly rod. I was bait fishing with okay, a fly just, rod. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. But, you know, I've been fly fishing, and all of a sudden I see these giant fish in there. And my dad's like, oh, those are carp. Yeah. I'm like, well, watch this. And I put a couple pieces of horn, uh, corn on a bear hook. Yeah, when we were kids in the Juniata, landed you know, it. the Wade in the yeah. Juniata, 
they would swim through your legs. I mean, it, there was nothing to see 10, 20, 30 of them together yeah. in a pod. I guess you could. I guess carp swim in pods, and if they done them from it's now on, it's definitely it pods. It's a pod now. Mm-hmm. Pod of carp. Yeah, yeah. Josh, I'm totally with you. I didn't mean to interrupt, but you know what? If you have not targeted carp, and because people are like, "Oh, carp suck. You can't eat them. Whatever," you're missing out. Uh, I I'd like to say, I mean, in my opinion, and this is probably an unpopular opinion, but in my opinion, they're probably one of the best game fish in North America. I mean, they, they don't taste good. They're really only good for catching. They pull like crazy. They're not particularly hard to catch. I mean, once you got a pattern figured out, chum a little bit, it's really not hard to catch them. I mean, it's a, uh, it's, I think they're a great sport fish. We've had them down on the Susquehanna right in the evening when like the mayflies come out, mayfly hatch. We've actually had um, carp come up and hit like small Rapalas that you're really eating fast. Yep. They actually, they believe it or not, when you see fish jumping on the river, and, and Josh, tell me if I'm wrong. Does this happen in the Poconos? Like, people are like, man, that was a big bass. Like, there's just a lot of jumping. They're carp jumping. Huh. I mean, do you, you guys see that up there, that your carp jump out of the water? Or is that mostly like a river thing down there? Uh, that absolutely happens here. Actually, uh, I do a lot of striper fishing at night, and sometimes you'll hear these enormous oh. cracks. And it's almost like someone dropped a rock in the water. Yes. But the reality is it's just carp uh, rolling over. And a lot of times they clear parasites by jumping. I like that's a lot of of time what's happening. No kidding. Well, I didn't know that. I thought they were eating the mayflies. They will eat eat mayflies 100%. They're true omnivores. They will eat everything and anything given the opportunity, but they they do jump to clear parasites as well. Yeah. I I never really thought of or wondered like what what carp eat. It was, I never, it's not, they don't eat things that swim, right? Or am I wrong? Other than corn, yeah. well, I don't have corn. That's like breadcrumbs. That's like your number one like go-to bait. I, I like fish with corn. I like corn. corn. Here's a big misconception: there's such a huge fish yeah. that people want to take a substantial size hook, throw the biggest night crawler on they can, yeah. or 14 pieces of corn, go on, and throw it out. <laughs> However, right. like the the really honestly best way that I found to catch them was the smallest hook I could get away with and a small piece of bait. Like yeah, that's exactly what we do. Exactly. Really? Yeah. yeah. The hook I use is probably as big as my pinky nail. Yes. But the key is to have it, um, you know, it's not going to bend out like a girthy hook. Yeah. 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 That's a size. Eight. It's weird because, you know, they walk, they, they swim around with that little vacuum cleaner, you know, face of theirs, mm-hmm. you know, sucker face. And I think, I mean, it's my, it's, it's just, I think that they, f- they can feel the hook. Like if they can't feel the hook, you know, once uh, and then you hook more of them. I mean, I don't, uh, Josh. So you agree? Like a smaller hook is better. Oh, two hundred percent. They're a very sensitive fish. Like you said, they have a very soft mouth. They're able to um, detect foreign objects in there very easily. They're also inc- incredibly intelligent fish. I mean, like uh, I don't know how you measure fish intelligence, but they're definitely up there with one of the smarter fish. They definitely learn very quickly. They learn from their mistakes. Um, smart fish, indeed. Even patterning the chum, they'll know to come back for the chum the same time every day if you do it right. No, yep. they do. We th- meet. Yeah. There's a creek behind my house, and I have carp in the creek, and I throw corn out there a couple handfuls every night. And they're not there like midday, but they'll be right there. What are you the chumming evening. them with? Corn. 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 Dog, yep. f- dog food, corn. Not corn dogs. Whatever. You know, so, <laughs> sometimes table scraps, you know. No kidding. Yeah. You know why fish are so smart. Why? They swim in a school. They swim in a school. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. 
I didn't you see that we'll leave coming. that one. What? In. Dang it. <laughs> what do you mean you didn't see that coming? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> so, so George, you, you say you grew up on the Delaware River, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so you got to be striper fishing down there, right? Well, what about shad? Yep. Why do you why do you have to exclude <clears throat> shad? Huh? I don't like shad. Well, that's the shad are only there in the uh, the spring when they do the run. Yeah. So you know that's oh, that's the, okay, the let, right of spring. Let's delve into the shad fishing then, George. <laughs> Do people fish for shad? Some people. Do. Oh yeah, that's a well. It's it's not really to eat. That's another fish that like the the carp that you know you're just out there to to have a good time and catch them in numbers. Well, enlighten, uh, enlighten me, George. How do you catch a shad? What setup do you use? Uh, actually, very light rods, light line, little shad darts or little shad spoons. Uh, they're called a flutter spoon, and um, you basically just want to get in the current. They're going to school up. They're heading up river to spawn, and um, we used to go. Uh, around Tully Town, we used to go up. Uh, we've been fishing where by Easton, yeah, Easton. I think, in no. the last uh, last year. No, yeah. it's it's a, like a, around that area. That's a pretty big event. I mean, that's it's kind of like our first day of trout season, is it? But just for the shad, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, because it, they're they're only that. there for a short time. Yeah, and it can be like wall to wall people. Well, what kind of what, what kind of shad are we talking about? Because I have enough shad in Lake Mead that it'll block out the sonar, but they won't bite nothing. Are they the same shad? I think they're, they're, are they hickory shad down there? Yeah, there is hickory shad that run up uh, with the American shad, but the American majority shad. of the people out there targeting are American. And, okay. you know, they're, they, can, they can get really big. I mean, um, I don't want to misquote this, but I think they can get up to 10 pounds. Whoa. That's amazing. I've never yeah. seen You know, the average size is like three or four or five, maybe. Yeah, we, we got them up around three and four. Yeah, they were good. there were some good size ones. Well, but shad- they fight really hard. Yeah. And they're in current too, so they're yeah. They're the kings of getting in current and and not letting you turn them. I've caught I've caught thousands of these things, thousands of these things before, with gill nets, yeah. dragging them behind boats. Net, yeah, because we use them for catfish bait for blue cats. But right, um, I've never caught one on a line ever. So uh, that's kind of intriguing to me. Wonder what shad you're catching? Maybe I don't gizzard shad. They're gizzard shad. Probably yeah, gizzard they're, shad. They stink like crazy stink. Oh, that's what oh, they think they're definitely gizzards. That's, that's, they're they're yeah, slimy. That's Is that enough shad talk for you there, DK? I just, I, that's a unique, <laughs> a unique fishery in the Delaware that I figured most people would not know about. So I wanted to I'm enlighten our listeners. Touche. I didn't know yeah, about it. We, yeah, right around uh, early April. Here, bud. That's it cool. depends on water temperature, but uh, early April, that's kind of the thing that everybody looks forward to. If you told me that you spent money on gear to go catch shad, I'd laugh at you because I had yeah. no clue people did. Well, well, well you're, you're going to spend about ten dollars because the shad darts <laughs> are about little tiny, you know, what one eighth ounce jigs that we uh, we, we throw out there. So it's it's not an expensive uh, fishery by any means. Yeah, you, you don't need anything fancy. You could go with your trout rod or whatever light setup you have. Shad magnets. Shag magnets. Yeah. <laughs> like well, it. I'll tell you what. You you guys get out and catch one. I think we'll have you hooked on that too. That's a real fun time out in the water. And you get what forty or fifty a day. Oh yeah. On a hook. Wow. So that's- it sounds, and you say they fight? Oh, they fight really good. Yeah, yeah, three or really four good. pound average. That's, that's sounds all like right. me and Stevie's got a weekend getaway. The, uh, yeah. They actually call them the poor man's tarpon because they make the similar runs and they go airborne a lot. Oh, wow. That's right up Stevie's alley. He's <laughs> poor, and he wants to catch a tarpon. <laughs> <laughs> the poor man's tarpon. I love it. <laughs> Great. Scratch that off your bucket list. I think he was poor. I just I know he's cheap. Yeah. I thought there was a no. I'm poor. Oh, sorry. That's <laughs> why you're so you cheap. Ask him. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, he's just stiff core when it comes to spending oh, money. Man. Yeah. Poor man. Oh, yeah. That's great. No, that uh, it sounds like uh, we're going to be heading up your way in the spring. No, no, not up I, there, way down. Down over, east. I'm pretty east. This is in the Delaware. Yeah, Delaware. <laughs> the Delaware River. Uh, Unless that runs through the Poconos. I thought that was up. Yeah, it's not too far. Uh, oh. Down by east in there. Okay. Is there shad in the Poconos? Um, I don't think they run this far because they'll hit the Lehigh and they can't get up the dam from the Lehigh. They can, I think, run over the Delaware side, though. Yeah, they do push through. We have lesser shad like uh, Alawives, and there's a few lakes in the uh, – I think there's some lakes in the Pocono with gizzard shad, too. But we don't have, like, the big game shad. Gotcha. This is like shad talk with Pocono well, outdoors, what did, guy. What did you ask him earlier? What, what, what oh. you were asking about steelhead or something? I don't know about stripe, yeah, striper going fishing. Oh. Striper. We're going straight for the – Stripe that's bass. Steve's thing, right? Steve, you like the stripers. I love the stripers, but no, yeah, I've never fished in Delaware. Thing. Have you ever told these guys about the 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 pier fishing that we went? I, on? Did you guys hear? We a pier have fishing like forty five minutes. You could tell them a story. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you that off the air. Well, you just listen, just like ra- randomly pick an episode from last April until this past until December. Now. I think you mention it every other. You'll podcast. probably hear the story. That's all he but t- yeah, I don't. Want he to. still didn't buy a pier net. I don't. I have a pier. He can't let it go. <laughs> how is the how is the striper fishing up in the Poconos? Well, uh, where we are, we're uh, we're right by Beltsville Lake, and it's a um, pretty good sized lake, not as big as Raystown. It's only about, uh, I guess, what, seven miles long? But uh, it's pretty much loaded with some stripers, both hybrids and purebreds. Uh, we like fishing them there. We troll for them. We, uh, you know, night fish for them with uh, some chunk bait and live bait. Uh, the river, you get a, a regular run. They come up the river for spawn, so you got to be there at the right time. Yeah. Uh, I moved out of Philadelphia before I really got into striper fishing. We would catch them by accident, basically, when I was young because we, we were catfishing. Uh, yeah, you hear about these. I'm down there targeting them, you know, and you get skunked, and you, a guy out uh, largemouth fishing or catfishing, and you that's know, how I catch them in Lake Mead yeah, and catch them by accident. Yeah. yeah, jeez, it's one of those things. I wish I knew now what I knew then, or you know, yeah. But just as you as you get older and learn how to fish for these different species, uh, you just fall in love with stripers. I don't know how you you, know, you land a 15, 20 pounder and not just fall in love with catching them all the time. So do you get uh, you get down into the bay at all? Chesapeake, yeah, I was down there a few times, and it's, there's some good fishing. And that's actually one of the techniques I use up on the freshwater. Uh, you get down there in Maryland, they'll troll the um, typical just bucktail jigs with a trailer on them with yeah. the mojos. And, uh, that's one of my yeah. favorite times of the year. You, and you said it, George, absolutely perfect. If you time it right, we used to go to Port Deposit, Maryland. And, uh, you know, they would come up from the Susquehanna Flats right there and hit Port Deposit. And there's only, like, what, five, six miles of river before it hits, you know, uh, the dam down Lake Aldrin, I believe. And that six miles from the flats in is just a super hot spot if you catch it at the right week, you know, the right two weeks. And it's that's what we would do, just troll for them, you know, and it's a – you know, it's a good time just to hang out on the boat, and they're yeah. just monsters. We caught some monsters down there. So, yeah, you got to get down there in that trophy season, and they have uh, some of the areas are restricted, so you got to get in the right area at the right time yeah. and to get those uh, those trophies. So you're rigging tandem bucktails on landlocked stripers, and you're successful. That's what you're. Yeah, that's awesome. That, that's kind of like my go-to uh, for, for me anyway. I, Josh and I have completely different ways of fishing. I think that's what uh, gives us a bit of an edge. Are you running, when, uh, are you when, running planer boards with the uh, clips? I do. I run, I, I run planer boards sometimes. I run dipsies. 
okay. tipsy divers, and I'll run uh, downriggers as well. Okay. Downriggers is my go-to with uh, bucktails on it. Really? How, uh, I'm, for, new, I'm new to that. That's how uh, I catch yeah. my king salmon on a downrigger. So, so you know, I'm I'm used to picturing uh, what they're catching down, like the the size bucktails they're using down the bay. You know, four ounce, six ounce bucktails. What what kind of weight are you using on a uh, landlocked? Uh, I actually go like usually three quarter one ounce. No okay. kidding. But like a wow. yeah, like a big. Well, I don't I don't need the weight to go deep. Right, that's, that's the thing. True. So I'm, I'm running them off a downrigger. Now, a lot of the guys in the Chesapeake, they'll run like lead core and wire down there yeah. to get the depth. Right. But you run a downrigger, you, you don't have all that hassle of wire. Right. Yeah. Is, is chartreuse like your um your go-to color? For me, absolutely. Yeah, I'm just guessing. He's a madman for the chartreuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a couple of guys want to, uh, you know, hey, why don't you try this bait I made for you? What color do you want? It's like you don't even have to ask, no. you know? <laughs> no, just give me 15 in the same color. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, my, my philosophy is, you know, fish is only going to bite what it can see. So I, I think I try to make it as visible as possible. Do you take a comb with you? Um, I, I mean, I, I know a lot of times in the Chesapeake, we got to comb the skirts out. Um, uh, no, I've never done that. No. Yeah, I think it's more for the jellies. Well, that's more for your beard, but and it's such, yeah. such large <laughs> bucktails. They're, they're such yeah, big bucktails on the on Chesapeake that you yeah. have to comb them out. Yeah. I'll tell you another thing about like the lakes we fish, the, uh, primary forage is alawives. Um, so, I mean, in, on the bay, a lot of time these fish are eating big bunker and these alawives are usually like three, four inches. So, I mean, you're kind of, you're not hurting yourself by using a big bait, but if you're going to match the hatch, you want to keep it small. No, it makes total right. sense. <laughs> now, can you catch them with a gill net like I do? Can you, you know, throw a uh, cast, cast net? net. Yeah, cause you, yeah. You can, you're legally allowed to cast net them. And do you put them yeah. on alive? Just drop them straight yes. down or? We, we, we do some uh, drop fishing like that. Um, we'll, we'll run live baits off of bucktails once in a while, too. We'll use um, a live LY as a trailer. Uh, we do cast for them. You know, you can keep, what, 100 a, a day or something like that? So, uh, yeah, we'll load up on them, use them for bait, too. And now, is that something that would work better? Uh, you know, not that I'm trying to take notes so I can come down and fish where you're at, but around, the, the, <laughs> around the piers and pylons, any kind of bridges, like, with the more live bait drop fishing like that? Yeah, we tend to see a lot of guys doing that with big live baits. Um, especially at night, there's um, by down by the dam, there's a big uh, runoff where it's uh, some structure there in the middle. I'll see them float big baits out there down by the one bridge. So it's um, they're all over. They kind of hang out in the points. Uh, during the day, they go real deep. So we'll look for the thermoclines and uh, troll them right under the thermocline, actually. I'll tell you, I've I've never caught a, a, a freshwater striper, and that's on my bucket list. And I, I've tried, but you know, Racetown is where I would go. You know, around here to catch them. And yeah, I was uh, gonna say you're so close. It's it. That's one of those. You bought uh, a kayak. They're in like me. Yeah, yeah. You but just you, gotta come over and do it. If, if you race, don't, if you don't run downriggers, Racetown's gotta be tough. Yeah, it's tough. But, and, like and that's one of the most at night though, at Racetown. That, that's one of the most closely guarded secrets <laughs> in fishing. Nobody talks about nobody. it. Nobody. Like if you go on YouTube and look at Racetown striper fishing, there's like two videos. And there, there's a little ice cream it, shop up there in the middle of nowhere in a mountain, and some guy with the picnic table was 
telling some people how he caught him once, but we never saw him again. I was going to say, he ended up <laughs> He disappeared. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. He went. They stole his boat, his truck. He disappeared off the face of the planet. And, and I get it. There's a couple you know, really good guides up there. That, that's how they make their living. So they're not going to go and all... Sink a bloodworm 20 feet down and I, dance. I sideways. tried. I've tried bloodworms there. Yeah. Not, you know, that's your go to. That's, that's your chartreuse bloodworm is Stevie's go to. Chartreuse <laughs> dyed some bloodworms in gummy worms. <laughs> but no. I'll that, tell you one, of, one of the things that Josh likes to do is, uh, like I said, we have different styles. Um, I like trolling deep water. Josh likes uh, chasing the blitzes and hitting them um, up on top water. Yeah. What, yeah. What, I mean, go ahead. What's your top water lure there, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if we're talking in reference to the blitzes, it can be literally anything. anything. I mean, you're casting into a hundred feeding fish. It doesn't matter. But if you're just free casting, I, I like walk the dog style stuff. I, I always match the hatch with alloy colors. So, yeah. you know, silver on the bottom, a little bit darker on top. And usually I'm working it pretty aggressive. I'm, I don't let them think about it. They either got to eat it or not. Nice. Should we let them in on a secret for this year, what we're going to try? Yes. How about it? Yeah. Uh, so th- th- this year, the, the trick is going to be Josh is going to be hitting topwater stripers with a fly rod. We're going to uh-huh. be out in the boat. He's going to get out in the bow of the boat. We're going to see him blitz. I'm going to run in full speed, put the brakes on. Josh is going to toss a fly in the middle of the blitz and see if we can't get one of those on, oh. on a fly rod. <laughs> That'll be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's our plan for this year. Wow. Well, good luck. If you need anyone to, uh, like go behind you after you, <laughs> it's funny you, after it's, your cast it's is over. Crazy you said that. I was sitting here daydreaming when up. he said that about <laughs> our plan for Rutten River this year is to all go wet wading at the Susquehanna to also top water fish to catch a fish so Stevie can push us over to throw over throwing. <laughs> That's the best way to learn where this, the fish are. Is just wait Stevie, for someone to catch them and Stevie while they're blitz. unhooking, short drift them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So let, let's talk a little about your YouTube channel there, fellas. Yeah. Clue us in on that. Well, it's something we started, uh, actually, I started it probably about a year and a half ago, just kind of for fun. You know, I was out catching stripers, and I, I always wanted to do little videos. So I put a couple videos up, and kind of a shock to me, people started following it and subscribing. I was, like, really surprised. So yeah. it's just something that uh, kind of built on its own and uh, kind of evolved, and I say we're up to several hundred subscribers now and quite a bit of views. So it's, um, we're just going to keep it going, doing our best. And we're just a couple guys out fishing, having fun and, um, just keep doing what we're doing. So you shouldn't be surprised at all. Cause I mean, it's good stuff that you're putting out. That's why people are liking it and subscribing all that stuff and comment. Well, thank you. We really yeah, appreciate that. Good, good content for sure. Yeah. I oh, appreciate yeah. that. The, uh, did you start out with like a typical GoPro or were you using what equipment were you using? Uh, actually, I bought a, uh, I bought a one GoPro and I had a Canon video camera and I think I got about seven cameras right now and a drone I'm working with. Holy bucket. That camera gear can be addicting, can it? <laughs> it gets expensive too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. But I, I think it's, it's one of those things, you know, if you're going to do it, you're not doing it. You're certainly not going to make money on YouTube unless you're, you know, making clickbait and that's not where I want to go with it. It's, uh, just making good content. You, you know, when we were younger, and, and I don't know how old you guys are, but, you know, when I was growing up, if you didn't have your dad that was fishing or a guy down the road, you had to learn this all on your own. Yeah. So so nowadays we got, like, YouTube where you can pick up tips and get these young folks involved in it w- with a good head start. You know, we didn't have that when we were younger. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, with this is my first year ice fishing, and Stevie helped me out 
a little bit and, and, and showed me around. But we went out one day and luck like un, unfortunately we didn't catch anything. But we got I, the skunk. But I was excited about it. So I just got on YouTube and just watched as much content as I could find on different things about ice fishing and and it's just so much out there and you can learn so much information quickly. Yeah, I think it's important at least get rid of the stuff that you're not supposed to do. Um, one of the things we're doing, like heading up Lake Ontario, we want to try some brown trout. Well, first thing you do is go on YouTube and see how do you catch brown trout so you understand what the people are doing and have a, at least a working knowledge of how to start. If you just said, let's go to Lake Ontario and catch brown trout, what do you do? Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's Warm I think it bobber. gives you – Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so – I think there's a it's it's a tool like anything else, you know. If, if you can use it, entertain people, give them some education and a good starting point, and have some fun doing it, it's it's a good venture, right? So how, how do you guys walk that line between? Because obviously you you want to fish, you you want to you know, keep these spots somewhat you know productive. How do you walk that line between spot burning every time you make a video, but still producing something that's high quality and and educational. It's not easy. <laughs> yeah. um, well, like I said, one, we have a lot of cameras out. So you, you see multiple shots. Uh, so that, that multiple cameras help. Um, we do take a lot of time to do the videos. Um, it is hard, especially when you're on a, a lot of hot action. So you're trying to like hold a rod in one hand, steer the boat and hold a camera up at the same time. It, it gets difficult. But um, I, I think we look at, quality over any kind of quantity. We want to make sure we put out a nice video that people want to watch through the whole thing. So it's worth putting the time in and do it right. And of course, a lot of editing work behind it. You know, for um, a 20 minute video, I probably got 20 hours of editing work behind it. And to the, to the point of keeping spots unburned, um, uh, it's tricky. It's a fine line to walk on. Uh, but my goal or what I strive for in that aspect is I don't care if people take what I know and use it to go catch fish. Like that's perfectly fine. That's sort of the point. Um, but at the same time, what I don't want is people to see me doing something in a spot, then go do it and destroy the population. It's okay on big water, but you start talking smaller bodies of water with limited populations. Um, you you got, you got to be more careful. It's not that you don't want to show people. It's the, a lot of people aren't responsible enough to take care of the fishery. Yeah. Some of the videos, we didn't even say where we're at. We're just say we're on a remote lake or, you know, and, and the locals yeah. will recognize it, but, uh, the smaller bodies, we generally don't disclose what secret which pond deep is. in the woods, yeah, a mile and a half. Yeah. Back. <laughs> oh, you seen that one. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> That's why we have nicknames for everything like wounded knee. Yeah. But it's, it's, uh, it's just something we enjoy doing. So it's, um, I mean, we'll be out fishing anyway. So we decide to just, you know, bring the camera and, and try to produce some good video along the way. Do you do all the editing yourself, George? Yeah, I do all the editing. Yeah. Josh does uh, some of the filming now. He does. Matter of fact, he does uh, quite a bit of it. Uh, you seen the last episode with the, um, mile and a half back in the woods. That was a GoPro and a Canon. I think you had yeah, my hero that. four and my Canon. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So he just brings along as him and his buddy were out fishing and then he dumps the footage off to me and we do some editing. How, how did you guys ever get together? Like, how'd you guys meet? How did, how did, how did your working relationship ever start? Why don't you take that one, Josh? 
so at the time, uh, there was very limited options on the lake. The lake was down. Uh, I had seen his videos. Actually, to be honest with you, when I first saw his videos, I actually thought he had a company producing them because they were so well put together. Yeah. Um, and I emailed him, and I just wanted to get to know him. And, you know, if anything, maybe just steal a few striper tips off and don't tell him that, though. Um, but, <laughs> we would uh, never tell him that. <laughs> but, um, you know, we got together. We did some, like I said, we did some carp fishing for the first time. We got, I think we got one small one, right? We got one small one, yeah. Um, and from that aspect, kind of went, all right, well, that's not going to do it. So we got to get together again at some point and, and redo this with some bigger fish. And that happened, and we just sort of kept it going, just kept moving from there. It's a good partnership. I mean, Josh is, um, if you knew Josh, he, he gets upset because he has to stop to eat and sleep. He can't <laughs> fish around the clock. And that's the kind of guy he is. I said, again, we have completely different styles. So if one way is not producing, we bounce off, off the other one and, and use his style. We, we can generally come up with fish if we both put our heads together. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, it works. It takes us like eight or ten guys to do that. So <laughs> good on you. <ya. laughs> <laughs> They're over here, guys. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's it's a good friendship, and I say that's we just ha- really have fun doing it, you know. Do you guys keep a blooper reel? Uh, we're going to we keep thinking about that because there's tons of it. You don't you know, obviously you don't see it, but I got all kinds of footage. We're going to put together a blooper reel. That's my favorite. That's what yeah. I like to see. What what's the first thing that comes to mind when, or the first incident that comes to mind when we say blooper reel? Well, me, we were out, uh, I think about this time last year, and we were going for brown trout um, on one of the creek arms here by Beltsville, and we were just forever trying to get a fish, and well, I finally get one, but I had my uh, spinning reel, I had the drag backed off so light, I set the hook, and I had this massive bird's nest, and I ended up <laughs> having to hand line this stupid little fish in, and it was just, it was really small, but I, I actually put that in the video, you know, I just make fun of it. I just, it's all in fun. Yeah. That's, that's one of the nice qualities about your videos. Like there was, I think the one of, of, uh, Josh ice fishing and, uh, I think he missed a tiger muskie or had it, I forget how it happened, but quite upset and then fell by the hole also. And he just left <laughs> that in. So, you know, I like that. It's, it's great. Shows, shows, no, I don't think he was laughing. That was a <laughs> yeah, he wasn't he wasn't laughing. He was quite I'm sure he, he kept his composure because he was on camera, but <laughs> Yeah. It would have done differently if it wasn't there, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, and in terms of my bloopers, um I end up in the water more than I probably should. <laughs> uh, I often take, you know, little dips accidentally from time to time. Accidentally? Yeah, uh, we were actually filming a night show for Big Stripers and Big Catfish, and George was hooked up on this uh, giant. It was uh, We didn't weigh it, but I would bet it was a 20-pound channel. And uh, we got it in, and I think, was I trying to land it? or was? You were, yeah, you went in. We were on a pretty rocky, steep. Yeah, it's like a slate we- bank, and it's almost straight down. It's nothing really to get a good footing. And I went to grab this big catfish, and foot just slid right down the slate, and I was, uh, you know, thigh deep in the water. But a quick edit, and that disappeared on film. <laughs> oh, man. There you go. Well, did, well, didn't you have a – was that you that we were peacock bass fishing in Florida? Did, did you almost fall in the water? Uh, uh, Monster Mike, he dove in to grab my uh, – oh, oh, that's right. And then he fell again. And then yeah. he fell again. Okay. Yeah. What was that? I, 
ended up. That was a, a small one, though, wasn't it? No, no, no. Oh. It was. No, it was. The, oh. I think it was I, pushing three pounds. That was a, that was a two and a half pounder. Yeah, it ate a three pounder on the way in oh. to the bank. <laughs> I couldn't remember. <laughs> Just saying. Now, Will caught a. I was a six pounder. I can't remember. We had like. Four ounces to it every time we talk about it. It was over six. It, it was just, a tank. Yeah, we'll we'll cut a six pound peacock while we were next week. It'll be over in Miami. Seven. This yeah, yeah. Well, we are fishermen, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good point there. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've had a, a share, uh, you know, uh, of just you get to hear our bloopers now. I think that was a push for us. Yeah. Can people, you know? Well, a couple of us have fallen in this year. A couple of us have fallen off kayaks this year. How many phones? I was going to say this we, year? we've <laughs> lost a few phones this year. Just just cell phones alone. We this, buy them by the six is, pack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you guys are, were talking about um, just musky and ice. I think you guys were saying uh, on the last episode how uh, how hard you thought that was to catch uh, some muskies on the well, ice. Well, until I saw Josh <laughs> catching them, it, it right. seemed hard. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, that's. I think Josh is kind of like the tiger mus- musky expert here. Yeah, he, he's pretty good at. There's a lake near here that's uh, got a pretty good population of them. And I think he's got them pretty dialed in. It seems like it. Josh, have you <laughs> ever heard of this? Um, there used to be a guy back in the. Uh, oh, uh, what's the Jaffa Musk Sportsman Show called, or is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, Jaffa, Jaffa. yeah the Jaffa Show. Back in Altoona, Pennsylvania, there was a Jaffa Show as I was growing up, and this guy would make musky lures. With the skirts made out of skunk fur, and I'm really? I, I'm not kidding you. And his claim, huh. his claim, I'd like to say his claim to fame because people bought them and they were expensive. But his claim was that the oil inside of the skunk hide never, no matter how many times you wash it, never goes away or whatever. The smell, the smell of skunk fur will drive muskies nuts. And he couldn't sell enough of these lures. And year after year after year, he would be back. They were they were like a, a spoon spinner sometimes, um, but they had the white and black. Wow! It's like a, it's like a bucktail jig. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a large inline spinner. Like, yes, yeah, it, that's just, what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, but it was it was take that little one we use for trout fishing and take that from two inches to six inches long, like a big rooster tail. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And hang a skunk off of yeah. it. Like yeah. he made it out of skunk fur. Pepe. Yeah. Le pe. Uh, now he, I, I haven't seen him for a long time. I he, think he he passed away. Yeah, he was an older gentleman, but the guys who still have those lures swear that they're the best yep. musky lures on earth. Now I might be giving a big secret away there. <laughs> so if you do happen to hit a skunk on the way home, <laughs> make sure you carry a clothespin in your truck. So that send you it to can, Catfish, and he'll skin it out for I you. I will make you a musky lure that you can't believe. You ever hear of that, Josh? Yeah. 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 Like I said, I've never, I haven't ever heard of that, but if you find out where I might be able to acquire one of those, let yeah. me know. I haven't seen them in years, but I know. But then I was never a musky fisherman growing up. Yeah. But the guys down on the Juniata that would throw for them, they – they every one of them had one, and they all kept them in Ziploc bags. Hey, as as winter starts to break, it's becoming skunk. Like, oh yeah, they're drive out. over top of season. Yeah, they're out already. So. <laughs> I saw a possum the other day. He he didn't make it very far. <laughs> so just just keep clothespin and a shovel in your truck. Oh. Pull up them hides when you get a chance. I wonder how many lures you get out of a skunk. Four. 
Four four lords for skunk. <laughs> it's four. Man, he must have been. That was, a, that was a quick answer, bud. Yeah. yeah. If you can get some, if you can get somebody up there to make you one of those, and it works, please call us back because. Yeah, I, we'll let you know. I would, I would start a business here. I'm. Not, I mean, that's that's not like a that's not like an Uli hunt. That was a real thing. Yeah. 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 That guy was. Now you guys famous. are on the by the. You guys are by the Susquehanna. You guys go out there for for the tigers or anything? Um, Stevie does. Stevie does. Yeah, not intentionally. <laughs> yeah, we, we you guys want to hear a really great musky story from the Susquehanna? Oh yes, please, yes. please um, keep me from telling actually, my musky story again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was actually uh, I was out flathead fishing. We timed it really poorly. Uh, there, the the river level was unbelievable. I think I was using like a seven ounce sinker, and it wouldn't hold bottom. It was just ripped Good away. The night. current was unbelievable. I call that Thursday. And, Um, and there was this tiny little eddy that I managed to find maybe 10 feet of slack water, (laughs) possibly not even that. Um, and I had my, this giant sunfish that I was using for bait for these flatheads. And I simply took it out of the bait. Well, put it on my hook and just set it down in the water for it to catch a breath before I whipped it out there. And the second the blue go hit the water, this massive, swirl and just about had the I didn't even cast it. I just put the bluegill down. Um and this forty one inch musky just about ripped the rod right out of my hand. No kidding. <laughs> and, oh they're uh, they're aggressive when they want to, when like when they decide to kill something they're they're on it. They're like a missile. Without a doubt, yeah. So you, you landed it, Josh? Oh absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um I got some I think I got yeah I got pictures up on my Instagram. Actually there's a short video clip there's of it, isn't there? Video, is yeah. yeah, that's a short video. Um, it was the first time I, uh, I'd ever caught a muskie at the Susquehanna. I know there's a decent population there, but typically when I make the trip, I go for flatheads. Yeah. Uh, but it was such a, uh, that's a moment I won't ever forget. Cause yeah. I, again, I hadn't even cast it simply let the bait breathe for half a second and it was eaten. I know a guy, if you want to come back down and go out, we can, well, act- I can actually uh, show you this place called wounded knee. It's, it's a bit of a secret. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Secret location. But it's a good place to fish for flatties. However, Josh is absolutely right. I was with a local guide one time, and we were fishing for flatheads, and Mm -hmm. he actually caught what probably would have been the state record brown trout, which is weird in the Susquehanna. Yeah. Whoever let it go or whatever the case may be, it actually ate a six-inch sucker. Like, oh, like wow. a five, six inch sucker. We're fishing for catfish. Yeah. We got, I mean, he got. I saw that. Yeah. We, I was with you. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got pictures of it. He put it in a tank. They tried to get the state record and everything else, tried to get it cited. And they they, they, weren't, they wouldn't believe his story. I was like, dude, I, I saw it. Yeah. It's like a, mo- it was a monster trout. But no just, like your, just like your muskie story, we weren't even fishing. Never even seen a brown trout there before. Yeah, why would it? Right. That's like the last place you'd expect. Susquehanna's got lots of surprises. Josh, was that on the main river? It was, absolutely. Wow. And it was down south, um, I'd like to say by the Route 30 bridge area. Gotcha. Wow. That's amazing. Josh, give me a primer on how best to hold a muskie. How to lift it out of the water. Don't go there. Isn't that ice fishing episode? Yeah. Stick your thumb in its mouth and turn it. Flip <laughs> it. Flip it. Grip it and lift it. Don't ever, don't <laughs> ever do this with a family of badgers. 
because everyone's got their own way of doing it and everyone thinks some ways better than the other. Um, people say don't put your hand anywhere near the gills. I personally think the gill plate is the best place. Um, you obviously want to be making sure you're not touching those red gills, yeah. but that plate on the side is probably your best handle and then your other hand to support uh, the underbelly. Uh, you could try and do both hands under the underbelly, and that's probably better because you're not going anywhere near the gills. But in my mind, it's better that I carefully hold the gill plate and not drop the fish than trying to hold it by both hands underneath and then it squirms and gets out of my hand and smacks its head on the ground or something. Yeah, because a, a, a smooth release, a nice easy release is always good on the fish as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Musky uh, can pretty, be pretty sensitive too. Yeah, if you ever watch some of these episodes, Josh usually ends up hugging the fish. I mean, he's uh, he's pretty gentle with them. They start getting squirmy. He uh, puts a big old bear hug on them. You're, I don't like you're okay. You're all right. My, my, <laughs> my wife asked me if I was going to tell the story of George tonight. And uh, now that you say about how muskies are, you know, sensitive little creature, I, I might just have to go ahead and tell you that. <laughs> George, I had a muskie in my bait tank one time that was about four inches long, baby muskie. And his and I named him George. Not ever. Not. Okay. Um, not it's a coincidence. It is a, well. It is a coincidence. I was actually naming him after this very stubborn guy at work. But um, all as I did because my bluegills needed the water change. Like he was in my bait tank. Yeah. Um, and my bait tank back then was a couple hundred gallon like a glass tank that was custom made so that it looked like a giant fish tank. All as I did was change the water and the few degrees in the water temperature literally shocked him and i took him down to the creek and everything as he was shocked he would not come back he died and i no felt kid. so horrible that i was like there's no way that that muskie had that much of a reaction to the different water temperature but he must have george that's all it took george to go belly up i was <laughs> yep. tapping on the glass no george no, no. i had not you on my watch i had you for like two months come on buddy <laughs> yeah i actually caught him I actually caught him in a uh, seining net, believe it or not. Yeah? Yeah. That's wow. hilarious. I've also caught probably um, uh, an eight-inch muskie in my cast net yep. for aloes. Yeah. Wow. He came home with me. He liked it in my house for two months, and then I changed the <laughs> water temperature eight degrees, and he, he crowed. That was <laughs> it. That was it. George was done. <laughs> George the baby muskie. So you, you guys are just on TV here this past week, right? Yeah, yeah, we um, up on WNEP uh, covers uh, Northeast and Central Pennsylvania. I don't know if you guys get it out by your way. We don't. Yeah, but um, yeah, they uh, did some ice fishing on uh, Mock Chunk Lake up here. That's uh, right outside of Jim Thorpe. I just took the guys from the TV show out, did a little first ice for them. Uh, it was their first time on the ice this year, so Josh and I took them out. We had a good day, caught a bunch of uh, pickerel and uh, actually a couple of largemouth, too, through the ice. Yeah, I saw that. You know, one thing that shocked me really surprised me. Eight degrees temperature. It, it shocked me worse than an eight degree musky <laughs> Temperature shift. <laughs> temperature shift on a musky. The, uh, the, the, the one largemouth you caught, Josh, it, you know, it was maybe 10, 12 inches, and you were using shiners. And it had, I think, uh, stole the bait and then come back and ate another shiner, and, and, and you hooked it. Is that, that, was that right? Yeah, it actually had um, both shiners jammed into its its mouth when it, I pulled it out of the hole. So, it, at least the if you listen to the general consensus or you know the 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 experts on ice fishing were always talking about using small baits and you know fish are gonna are slower in the winter and they're not gonna feed on you know this 
on larger baits, all those, you know, that sort of general theories. That just blew that right out of the water. <laughs> that, that raises an excellent question. What's the biggest bait you've ever used through the ice? Yard? Yeah. Um, I was recently fishing with a friend in New Jersey, and we were using some... Uh, the biggest I had down was a nine-inch sucker. My buddy had a fifteen-inch sucker, and he ended up catching a forty-eight-inch muskie through the ice. Wow! Yeah. Now you're now Stevie just looks confused. Now people are telling <laughs> two different things. Yeah. I'm intrigued. You know how I, much bait Stevie brings fishing? He's gonna have nine-inch suckers, <laughs> sixteen-inch suckers. Yeah, blood worms, <laughs> tiny little <laughs> minnows, wax worms. Man, we could have called those pickerel if we had bigger shiners. I'm gonna, I'm gonna need like forty-two angle coolers whenever we're gonna. <laughs> A four wheeler pulling a twelve foot trailer. What, what is it? What what would be a good bait to fish for pickerel through the ice? I mean, there can't be that much different than a muskie. Well, you, you guys were using shiners, right? Just fatheads. They small. were what? Some for three inches, maybe. Yeah, just you kind of. Wow. Uh, I think I went to the bait store and asked for mediums and larges. And and this was all on tip ups. Yeah, that was. Uh, we, we I think we had one or two on a jigging rod, but uh, most yeah. of it was on tip ups. They were all, you know. 14, 16 inches. Yeah. That lake is plagued by um, quantity, not quality. I, t- I wish we would have got into some quantity, not quality. Story of my life. Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> now, I did mean, get a nice bass. That uh, that second bass was really nice. Yeah. Uh, especially for that lake. So that, yeah, they have um, they actually have a big bass program on that lake, and it encourages people to keep bass only over 15 inches, mm-hmm. which is actually a complete travesty for the lake. I mean, it's no good. I mean, it just encourages people to keep the big breeders so all the small ones thrive. It's actually kind of a an absolute failure. So there's a lot of, like, 10-inch bass in there. Most uh, lakes that I've fished at that have that program, you catch a ton of 10- to 12-inch bass. Yeah. How is it a big bass program? I don't right. understand the logic. <laughs> yeah, you're, ke- you're keeping the big bass. You're not letting them breed. So. Yeah. That's the program. They want it's rid called, of all the big it's bass. The keep the big bass program. <laughs> yeah, the, I don't know what's so confusing about it. <laughs> it's laid out right in the name. Ryan and I were talking about this the other day in the truck. Why is it that you don't catch that many bass through the ice? Like they, where do the bass go? Like I don't get it. They, I, I've caught one, like one maybe two. I know one for sure. Bass through the ice in my life, as much as I've ice fished. Do you guys catch? Do you, do you guys catch many bass? I don't go for bass too much. I mean, largemouth. Uh, you know, you got in the lake on a Sunday. There's eight million ranger bass boats out there pounding the shoreline with spinner baits. No, no, no. I'm talking about through the ice. Well, we don't really target them. We were going more for. We originally started looking for the crappies. Uh, we were down the deep end of the lake uh, trying to scout them out and couldn't find them. And we knew in a couple of days we had a TV show coming up, so we went hit the uh, shallow side. Figured at least we can get some pickerel and get these guys on some fish. Yeah. And um, I guess the, the bass were kind of an accident, to be honest with you. But, um, you know, they were right in there with the pickerel. How many did you uh, get? Two or three. So yeah, two or three bass. So it could uh, be done then. I'm just fishing in the wrong I, spot. I, t- I, I would tell you that, I mean, bass through the ice can be a little unpredictable. If you, were, if you want to look for something that's likely going to hold bass, I would say find live vegetation. Um, the oxygen it gives off over winter is very beneficial for them. And they can also ambush stuff from the weeds. So yeah, my, find le- some thick m- weed my lake don't have anything like that. Yeah. Aaron also mm. said that same thing. Yeah, weed get, lines. Yeah. Weed lines. He said shallow. Yeah. The weeds are dead in my lake in the wintertime. So, I mean, that plus footage, they treat the lake. So they kill the crap over. 
that footage you saw when we were catching those pickerel and bass, that was probably only um, six, seven, eight feet of water. Was it? Well, that's probably it then, too. I mean, I caught a big bass, but I don't ever fish in less than 10 feet of water out there. Yeah. They're 10 to 22 feet. Yeah, when they're suspended, the crappie. Yeah. I mean, we tried to hit the crappies this year. We had a good bit of ice, but we just slammed perch and slammed perch, and the crappies eluded us. I mean, we caught, you know, a couple, two buckets full maybe of crappies, but the the perch perch was like a truck full. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a truckload. They ate all my wax worms. <laughs> yeah, they were hard for us to find, too. It's just the crappies were elusive. But um, you say the, the pickerel just all over it on the other side of the lake. Mm. So if, let's say hypothetically, that you would have, you know, seven, eight new friends that want to come up to <laughs> the boat. Who's <laughs> coming? Just hypothetically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, and, you know, bring, bring our GPSs so that we can mark your holes in the wintertime. Yeah, well, of course. Um, yes. I mean, that's how fishing goes. So, um, no, seriously. I mean, like, oh, when, yeah. you, when do you guys... All of us carry deepers. So yeah. We won't be making any bathymetrical maps. Not at all. <laughs> Not marking GPS locations. Um, topographical maps. Yeah, to- underwater topographical yeah. maps. If somebody were to want to come up to where you guys are in the Poconos for the weekend and wanted to ice fish, Without giving too much information away, can you give our listeners like a, this would be a good starting point. Like a guy that, you know, a lot of guys come up there for weekend getaways with their with their woman. Um, and they want to just, hey, I got a couple hours to go fishing while she's in the spa. <laughs> but they have no clue where to go. How, you know, got even like a boat ramp someplace they can walk from. I'll let you call that one, John. <laughs> um, do you want a location to try? Like a, a general lake, state park type yeah, thing? Yeah, anything like that. Like just a good starting point if you only had a few hours. Oh, sure. Um, well, the lake we filmed at, Mock Chunk, is a, is a really uh, safe, reliable bet. Um, for ice fishing, too, it's so high in elevation. It's our first lake to freeze and the last one to defrost. Um, and that's got, like I said, it's got a crazy bass population, lots of pickerel. You could basically go there with a couple flags, and even if you did everything wrong, you'd still probably catch a few fish. Um, probably Toby Hanna too. Toby Hanna is another good one. Um, in terms of just like, uh, very, very basic tips that would help. Um, the biggest thing I see people not doing is not using fluorocarbon and we have such clear water around here. I mean, Beltsville probably has upwards of, you know, 12, 13 foot of visibility and it doesn't sound like a lot, but I mean, when you're using, um, mono or braid right to a hook, I mean, it's visible, it shows up and the fish yeah. are pressured. So I almost exclusively fish with fluorocarbon. I don't go crazy on my hook size. I, I always go smaller rather than larger and don't overthink it too much. I mean, yeah, you gotta let it play out. I mean, if you're checking your lines every two seconds and moving, you gotta, people overthink it too. Yeah. I mean, I've seen people, I mean, I'm not mentioning any names, but there's, Steve Miser, he, the, you know, just, like you, it's like it's like breadcrumb trail out across the lake. You can just follow the holes until he catches a fish. You know, it's like ho 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 ho. Oh, Steve caught one. Here he is. He's fishing. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But we do. We we've drilled quite a few holes this year randomly looking for crappies, and sometimes we do just overthink it. We just sit down on a bucket and chill, and you know, uh, I know the perch move around anyhow. I mean, so. Yeah, we found the secret is when when you're when you really want to get a fish, you, you stop and go make lunch. And yeah, start cooking. Yeah, start making some soup or something like that. They all the tip ups start gone. No, it's true. 
true. It's the way catfishing is. Anytime Sounds you do anything but sit there and watch the rods, they go nuts. Yep. So <laughs> I just keep handing my rod over to Ryan, and he reels them in for me. I remember that this seemed thing. to work for me. <laughs> you, so. you started to mention a good little topic there. What What's your go to to eat on the ice? Like, what, like you guys said, you make oh, some soup. Do you, like, what else? Can like? soup? Yeah, just can soup. You know, something warm when you're out there. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, George, we'll be bringing our food then. Yeah. yeah. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can always have like a, you know, on the ice fish fry if you want. There you go. We yeah. made, we made, we made hot dogs for years. A little tiny, oh, yeah? yeah, tiny grill. We made hot dogs and brought like uh, cheese whiz out, yeah. ketchup bottle. There was a guy, what do you there, use? Was, there was a guy what in the ice. What do you use to clip those hot dogs? Just a little tiny camp grill, just one little burner camp grill and a skillet. Okay. Little, you ever little, see those Mr. Heaters? I have yeah, actually. Buddy yeah. Heaters? Yep, I have. I have actually. Yeah. I um. There's actually um, I, my buddy Steve. So credit to him for showing me this. Just the other day, the actually the front heat cover on those Mr. Heaters can be popped out, and if you put them back on upside down, it actually sits perfectly <laughs> flat over the heat source, and you can cook all sorts of stuff on top of it. Okay. You just blew my mind because <laughs> I have I have a double buddy heater just oh, like yeah. it. There's some up there. Flip that grill around. One. Uh. That's awesome. That's a great idea. Great tip. You need to make a YouTube video of just that. They'll love it. <laughs> yeah. Be cook, careful what you wish for, cook, you know? Cook hot dogs <laughs> with cheese whiz on them. <laughs> Philly cheesesteaks. Yeah. Or upgrade yeah, to go. corn dogs. You'll be even better. So tell us a little bit about your sponsors. There's a few that you mention every time on your yeah, videos. Well, uh, Deeper, of course, uh, is probably our biggest one. I, I believe you guys work with Deeper as well. Yep. Um, yep. Oh, it's, it's actually how we, uh, how we met up with you guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're just a great bunch of guys. You know, they're uh, really supportive, especially on pro staff. Um, another one we just picked up is uh, Dunkelberger Sporting Goods. That's a, a big outfitter here in the Pocono area. Uh, if you fish in the Poconos or hunt, you, everybody knows Dunkelbergers. So we're working with them recently. Uh, another company is called Revolution Trolling Spoons. They're a local lure maker here. Uh, they make some great spoons for um, trolling, like uh, salmon, steelhead stripers uh they even have some saltwater stuff out now that's doing really well and uh, another company called uh, fat cow fishing they make jig strips for the bucktails so uh we're going to do a video this uh, year uh, showing them because bucktails is one of my big things trolling them around so is it yeah you, got, you really definitely got to check out uncle catfish's skunk musky baits <laughs> we're, we're gonna have to look for Talk that on. one yeah. <laughs> Two, <laughs> early 2019 at bob's your uncle okay. tackle <laughs> You just don't we'll, want to we'll put you on the splash screen there, catfish. You, yeah. you definitely have to get them. You can't get them factory direct because the guy stinks from killing skunks. <laughs> Mail order only. <laughs> so, was that fat cow baits you said, George? Yeah, fat cow fishing products. Fat cow fishing products. And, and that's the trailers for bucktails. Yeah, they make these. They're synthetic. They're not the. Uh, the cowhide or anything. Uh, they hold the scent real well. They even okay. have a product out called uh, Jig and Gel, which you can put in your jigs as well, and that uh, really puts a nice squid scent in there. That sounds like it'd be uh, great for flounder fishing. It is. They do it uh, for flounder. I like them for the stripers. Like I say that's um, my thing is the bucktails with a big old trailer on them, yeah. and they just work really well. Cool. Oh yeah, I the uh, we'll have to. Uh, we I'd love to, to try them out. You can get my address at the end of the end of the show. So. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Go ahead and give it now. <laughs> well, well, we'll we'll bring some out to you when we fish uh, Raystown. How's that? Perfect. So you guys will be at the Great American Outdoor Show with Deeper. That was going to be right? my question. I heard they were going to be there. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the show is running February 3rd through the 11th. We'll actually be at the show the 8th through the 11th. Uh, and we'll be at the deeper booth as well, working with the folks. Awesome. Have you guys been to the show before? Uh, years ago, I was there. Uh, I haven't been there recently, so I'm looking forward to getting back. I was there last year. Were you? Yep. It was. Uh, it's amazing. It always is. Yeah, it's a good show. I know we're going to be helping deeper um, off and on throughout the week. Yeah. I'm. I'm heavy into the show the first half of it, but it sounds like I might have to to pop in there at that second weekend. It's a little tough. My daughter's birthday, my wife's birthday, then Valentine's Day is right behind it. So. Well, you can make it up on Valentine's Day. Let's go that way. We're celebrating Valentine's Day the weekend after in our house. Okay. okay. That's a good plan. I'll uh, I'll play this episode for my wife, and yeah. uh, I'll be there. All right. Perfect. Just tell her to call. Perfect. Well, the show's not during Valentine's Day. Hey, I know Day, a couple so. of guys that can get me in somewhere with a heart-shaped tub, right? These are the Pocono <laughs> Outdoor guys. Come on. You know, that's the first. When anybody ever says Poconos, Poconos that's, that's the first thing I think of is that... Uh, those billboards or, or uh, flyers you used to see with the heart-shaped tubs at hotels. I don't don't ask why. Yeah, anyway, we won't, we won't ask. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say this, George. This has been awesome. I, you know, thank you so much for coming on the show, George. Um, oh, it was absolutely our pleasure. We enjoyed it. I get to not be uh, reprimanded for talking nonstop about fishing. No, no, you guys are awesome. Uh, this has been great to set. I can't, you know, Stevie set it up and, and uh, you know, to have you guys on uh, making PA sexy. I know that might not be your goal. It's, it's, it's kind of <laughs> our goal, you know, it's to yep. kind of just bring a little bit of attention back to PA as if we don't garner enough. Um, where, where can they find you guys? You know, if, if people are looking for you. Well, you can get me on Facebook or uh, YouTube. Look up Pocono Outdoors Guy, and uh, I say both. And we're also on Instagram as uh, Pocono Outdoors Guy. So I'm just want to fish all day on Instagram. Perfect. <laughs> That's easy to remember. Yep. <laughs> well, you guys I, have an open invitation. You guys ever want to come out east and do a little fishing with us? You're always welcome. Uh, come on out. We'll do a show with you. Um, and put that on YouTube. Yeah, that'd be great. Awesome. No question about it. Um, done and done. We're in. See you what Saturday? Or is that <laughs> <laughs> you guys still have launching the boat? That's that's for sure. Uh, yeah, no, we'll uh, we'll definitely uh, hook up and you know after uh, you know uh, we'll make some plans offline here. That'd yeah, be we'll great. we'll wait till the weather breaks and we'll bring a whole armada up there of that's... flat bottom John boats and kayaks up your way. That sounds awesome. Yeah, that's we didn't even get into any of that with you guys. We... Uh. There's going to have to be a part two here. So I was just going to say that. Do it works for me. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, guys, hey, I appreciate it again. Thanks again for uh, joining us tonight. Thank R you. Well, thank you for having us. We Thanks, really appreciate guys. it. Our pleasure. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. Right. We'll do. You too. Where can they find us? Well, they can find us at rutandriverpursuits.com. And on that website, you'll find all the information you need. You can check out the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, cast box uh check us out on instagram at r2 pursuits and twitter at r2 pursuits don't forget the youtube channel check us out on youtube at rutten river pursuits podcast later <laughs> see ya <laughs> see ya bring them weedless <laughs>
be honest with you, I'm kind of a sizist. I don't really care what it is as long as it pulls hard and I can push it out real far towards the camera and make it look like it's 100 pounds. Yeah, I like, yeah. I like, um, I like Joe. He's got the same exact mentality. <laughs> if it can bite yeah, you and you, you know, can make it look big. Hard, I'm all for it. Yeah. You know why fish are so smart. Why? They swim in a school. This one. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I didn't you see that. We'll leave that one. In. What? Dang. What do you mean you didn't see that coming? Uh, I didn't. <laughs>